We'll see. Oh. Yeah, maybe. What are we doing? Oh, yeah, that. That seems more stereo than usual. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us as always, Mr. Shavah. I am Joey Bonnier. And, and, no, what? No, Sean O'Brien. His uh, replacement, Derek Laporte. Hello. Hi, Derek. That, that means of the port. Yes. Mm. No. <laughs> the door, actually. Oh. So, but yeah. Uh, okay. The port to your home. Yeah. Mm. We're doing uh, an LL without Sean O'Brien. Mm. It's a little without weird. Without the cool J? I mean, yeah. he is the... The cool to our J. I was going to say the straw that stirs the drink, but mm. sure. Is a cool J like a BJ or an HJ? <laughs> I think you know. What, of what? all the people who could answer this question, it's you. Which one's the cool J? You don't want to know about the cool J. You don't want to know about that ZJ. You don't want to know about that. Oh, man. That's not, is it, uh, it's better than an FJ. <laughs> yep. um, so what are we doing? Apparently, you have books. That's have what books. we're doing. We're going to yes. read books. some books. Oh my God! Yep. Nice, fully well done, sir. So, gentlemen, for your literary pleasure, uh, we have a few options today. I will uh, don my spectacles, and um, let's see. First off, we have Mr. Benny Frank's "The Autobiography and Other Writings of Benjamin Franklin," edited by L. Jesse Limich. Sure. Uh, right now, Sean Fa looks like a granny. Yeah! Ah. Dope. All right. Starfoam cup does Chantal not looks hold. like a what? <laughs> does um, look like a granny. Uh, clumsy, nutty professor. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Bumbling sound effects. I hope we get those as drops later on. Eh, you do what you do. I'm going to censor them. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Continue. Go ahead. Uh, so we also have uh, Confucius, the analytics by Confucius. Um, we have award winning, as we recall, the dancing wooly masters. The dancing wooly masters. Uh, okay. Yes. By An who? overview of new physics by Gary Zukov. Oh my God, that sounds epic! Wow. Okay. Uh, we have uh, economics in one lesson by Henry Hazlitt. The book you've been pushing for like twenty weeks. Yep. And we have the third edition of the SAS Survival Handbook. Mm. And All then, about pop and clap. Then we also have Impro, uh, Improvisation and Theater by Keith Johnstone. If you're getting one book, uh, it's The Great Gatsby. Mm. Man, mm. F. Scott Fitzgerald. That was a virtual callback. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, gentlemen, <laughs> your, your fate and the fate of the listeners awaits. Okay. Uh, Derek, do you have a, do you have a pick? Um, I'm going to give you a between. Uh-oh. All right, do it. So the the physics garbage one, mm-hmm. the the physicsy one, the dancing woolly masters. Yes, and Confucius. Mm. Okay, which, I actually. Which do you say? I wanted to pick Benjamin Franklin because Sean Fall looks like Benjamin <laughs> Franklin right okay. now. We could do a chapter or something with my spectacles. Less than a chapter, yeah, minus the syphilis. A couple of paragraphs. You don't know about my fucking uh, wang. Yeah, me, we'll do like a sampler. Assumed. Let's do a sampler. Uh, all right, so. Let's see here. 
Um, let's start at the beginning. Oh, is there money in this? What? Uh, uh. Sean is currently <laughs> opening a tiny envelope used as a bookmark, and he wasn't sure if there it, was like money buried just in the middle of it a. It looks ben like a, like a, one of those paper CD cases. It, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep, got a little know, window in it and everything. Sean, a penny saved is a penny earned. Yeah, I saved like half a penny there. I didn't buy no bookmark. Uh, introduction. Quote. One does not dress for private company as for public ball, unquote. Hmm. Uh, in the following pages, we in meet many clothes. sides of Franklin. Uh, we see him through his own eyes and sometimes through the eyes of others. His wife, his son, Abigail Adams, fellow scientist, Joseph Priestley. Priestley? Really? Uh, oh, Jason yeah. Priestley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to name a few. Uh, his father, son, brother, husband, glover. Uh, oh, he is father, son, brother, husband, lover. Uh, he is scientist, inventor, educator. He's a joker. He's a midnight right. toker. Exactly. Yeah, I don't care. We all mm -hmm. know who Benny Franks is. Let's get to the fucking <laughs> Let's get to the shit. good stuff. Fuck this intro And bullshit. then he slid on the skirt. Part What's one. your obsession with his cross-dressing? No, no. Really, Franks one. was a cross-dresser? Uh, yeah. You haven't <laughs> got to that part of the book yet? Apparently not. I mean, not. spoiler alert. Sorry Jeez. about that. Sorry. Zach three. All right. So uh, my bookmark was not very far in. So um, let's see here. Part one, the autobiography. Uh, the memoirs, as Franklin originally cl called these papers. Oh, fuck that. I want to get to the thing. Okay, here we go. Uh, so uh, first one. Uh, it starts with like, it looks like a letter format. So uh, tapered at the Bishop of St. Ashif. Ashf? In 1771, uh, dear son, I have ever had the pleasure of obtaining any little anecdotes of my ancestors. Uh, you may remember the inquiries I made among the remains of my relations when you were in, in there with me in England and the journey I undertook for that purpose, uh, imagining it to be Jesus Christ, I can't fucking read. Uh, imagine it may be equally agreeable to you to know the circumstances of my life, many of which you are yet unacquainted with and experiencing a week's uninterrupted leisure in my present country retirement. I sit down to write them before you. Besides, there are some other inducements that excite me to this undertaking from the poverty and obscurity in which I was born and in which I pass in my, passed my earliest years. I have raised myself to state of affluence and to some degree of celebrity in the world as constant good fortune has accompanied me even to the uh, advanced period of my life. My prosperity will perhaps be dangerous, uh, oh, I'm sorry, desirous of learn, uh, learning the masses. I'm sorry, desirous of what was that? Of learning the masses. Oh, of learning the means, Jesus Christ, of learning the means which I employed and which, thanks to providence, so well succeed me. They may also deem me fit to be Im imitated should any, of you uh, should any of them find themselves in similar circumstances. That good fortune, when I reflected on it, which is frequently the case, has induced me sometimes to say that there, that where it left my choice, I should have no op objection to go over the same life from its beginning to the end, only asking the advantage authors, only asking the advantage authors have the have of correcting, is in second edition some of the faults of the first. So I would also wish to change some in, uh, incidents of it of, of it. 
for other more favorable. Notwithstanding, if this condition were denied, I should still do it. Jesus. Derek's falling asleep. Okay. Wow. Hey, Ben. Hey. Pick up the fucking pace. Yeah, this is why yeah. I didn't really get too far I into see, this book. Huh? So, so yeah, I couldn't find anywhere else that said that he was a cross-dresser. But based upon <laughs> this, uh, that's only a, a, a ploy to sell the books, I think. Mm. Like, uh, you know, just to try and get you interested, you know? Yeah, these Peak are that interest. just kind of a lot of boring letters that I... Uh, I think that's why I stopped reading the book as far as I did. Sounds good. So yeah. moving on. Okay, what's next, boys? Derek, Confucius. Um, Confucius or the, or the dancing with pseudoscience one. Um, Confucius. There we go. Or pseudoscience. All right, pseudoscience. Pseudoscience. I'm not sure that this is actually um, a pseudoscience. Yeah. Sounds uh, like a new physics. Yeah, I guess that is. Let's yeah. try the because uh, old physics sucks. A new education for a new age. The Wooly <laughs> Masters does not teach. He dances with his students wait. as he knows the universe dance with itself. Wait, wait. He doesn't teach. He dances? Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Gary Zukov became our wooly master and leads us wait, by the what hand. master? Uh, wooly. W-U-L-I. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not wooly. Yeah, we should spell yeah. this out. Wooly bully. W-U-L-I. Yeah, Two yeah. words. Wooly. Yeah. To read The Dancing Wooly Masters is to experience the immense relief inherent in the discovery that we do not need, that we not, I'm sorry, that we not need be refused admittance to the romance and excitement and holiness, which is the universal dance of particles, black holes, stars, and unbroken wholeness. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. It's pretty cool. All right, let's get Complete to some hardcore stuff here. No, it's exploring modern need. physics and quantum phenomena. Yeah. Let's get to some quantum. Is there microtubules in there? Uh, let's see here. <laughs> the internet is really just a com- complex set of tubes, actually. There Interconnected. Is. Did you know that? Set of tubes? What the hell is this, some kind of tube? I get it, you tubes. Uh, uh, that wasn't intended. Uh, so, uh, page 18 starts chapter 1. The chapter is entitled, Einstein Doesn't Like It. (laughs) What doesn't he like? Nothing. Uh, Quantum mechanics are not the fellows who repair automobiles uh, in Mr. Quantum's garage. All right, thanks, book, for treating me like an idiot. Yeah, quantum mechanics is a branch of physics. There are several branches of physics. Most uh, physicists believe that sooner or later they will construct an overview large enough to incorporate them all. According to this point of view, we eventually develop, in principle, a theory which is capable of explaining everything so, so well that there will be nothing left to explain. This does not mean, of course, that our explanation necessarily will reflect the way that things actually are. We still will not be able to open the watch, as Einstein put it, and, uh, but every occurrence in the real world Inside the watch, in uh, what are those? Uh, what are those circly uh, uh, gears? No hashtag. They're not hashtags. Fucking brackets, but curvy. Oh. Um, parentheses? parentheses. There we go. Them things. Um, yeah, uh, will be accounted for by a corresponding element of our final super theory. We will have at last a theory that is constant within itself, which explains all observable phenomenon. Einstein called this state. The ideal limit of knowledge. 
This mm. way of thinking runs into quantum mechanics the same way that a car runs into the proverbial brick wall. Einstein spent a large portion of his career arguing against quantum mechanics, even though he himself made major contributions to its development. Why did he do this? To ask this question is to stand at the edge of the abyss, at the edge of an un un abyss, and uh, still on the solid ground of Newtonian physics, but looking into the void. To answer it is to leap boldly into the new physics. Quantum mechanics forced itself upon the scene at the beginning of this century. I believe this is last century. This is an old book. Yeah. Uh, no convention of physicists voted to start a new branch of physics called quantum mechanics. No one had any choice in the matter except perhaps what to call it. A quantum is a, quali qu I'm sorry, is a quantity of something, a specific amount. Mechanics is the study of motion. Therefore, quantum mechanics is the study of motion of quantities. Quantum theory says that nature comes in bits and pieces, quanta, and quantum mechanics is the study of this phenomenon. Quantum mechanics does not replace Newtonian physics, it includes it. The physics of, Newton, of Newton remains valid within its limits. To say that we have made a major new discovery about nature is one side of a coin. The other side of the coin is to say that we have found the limits of our previous theories. What we actually discover is that the way is that the way that we have been looking at nature is, is no longer comprehensive enough to explain that we can uh, to explain all that we can observe, and we are forced to develop a more inclusive view. In Einstein's words, I believe this is a quote, but there are, it's like inset, but there's no actual quotation marks. Okay, gotcha. So whatevs. Uh, dot dot dot. Creating a new theory is not like destroying an old barn and erecting a skyscraper in its place. It is rather like climbing a mountain, gaining a new and wider views of uh, discovering unexpected connections between our starting point and its rich environment. But the point from which we start out still exists and can be seen, although it appears smaller and forms a tiny part of our broad view gained by the mastery of the obstacles on our adventurous way up. End quote, I guess. Uh, Newtonian physics still is applicable to a large-scale world, but it does not work in the subatomic realm. Hmm. Quantum mechanics results from the study of the subatomic realm, that invisible universe underlying, embedded in, and forming the fabric of everything that is around us. In Newton's age, uh, uh, fucking uh, parentheses, late 1600s, this realm was entirely speculation. The idea that, uh, that the atom is the invisible building block of nature was proposed about 400 years before Christ. But until the late 1800s, it remained just an idea. Then physicists developed a technology to observe the effects of atomic phenomenon, thereby proving, in quotes, that atoms exist. Of course, what they really proved was that the theoretical existence of atoms was the best explanation of the experimental data that anyone could invent at the time. They also proved that atoms are not invisible, uh, I'm sorry, indivisible, but they themselves are made up of particles smaller yet, mm -hmm. such as electrons, protons, and neutrons. These new particles were labeled elementary particles because 
physicists believe that, that at last they had really discovered the ultimate building blocks of the universe. The cork. Uh, I think we we're, we're not quite, there yeah, yet. No, 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 no. We got to jump way <laughs> exactly, ahead. Okay. Yeah. God dang it. Let's yeah. just jump way ahead. No, okay. Uh, the end. All right. Um, we started the with end. The end. Okay. <laughs> let's, find, let's find out what we discover at the end. Uh, let's see here. There's a whole chapter called Enlightenment with a lot of pictures here. Ah, yeah. Um, we got to be enlightened about this. So this, I actually went to a talk with uh, Stuart Hammeroff. Who's that? Uh, he's a guy studying consciousness and, and into this kind of stuff. He was uh, talking at the thing. It was pretty. pretty I'm sorry. Deep. I just realized flipping through here that every chapter is chapter one. Oh, every chapter is chapter one. <laughs> yeah. So there's a title, and then that's incredible. Just, yeah. So even the last chapter is chapter one. Weird. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's a cool story. That's a cool, cool uh, story, bro. <laughs> that, no, that's a cool thing to have in a book. Just I continually like chapter one. I like how he's using these, you know, Eastern philosophies as analogies and examples to explain physics. That's yeah. Kind of cool. And in many yeah. ways, there is some sort of, uh, you know, Venn diagram where they yeah. both exist in some way. You know, we're, yeah. I like that. That metaphor of the, the mountain was nice. You know, mm -hmm. the way you just kind of reach the next base camp, the next level of the yeah. mountain, you kind of see everything below it. And Keep moving up and everything. Yeah, yeah it's nice. Yeah. There was some interesting stuff that, that Hammeroff had to say about this kind of, this, this kind of stuff. Like, uh, what do you have to say? He said things and stuff about it. Oh, that's good. It. Yeah, it was good. It was really <laughs> interesting. It was really, no, you had to be there. So, thanks. Thanks you, for telling that on the podcast. Yeah, no uh, worries. Uh, apparently, you, you really have a very rich uh, physics background, as my next question was going to be. Uh, not super rich. <laughs> I, I have some, mm. but not, not a whole lot. I mean, I, I, when I was making my film, I when it got into it, and I mean, that was a good three years of getting into quantum mechanics and really kind of reading everything that I could mm. and stuff. So kind of do get, I kind of did get into it at that point. And of course, hearing this talk from this guy, like, again, kind of reiterated that thing because when it, when you're dealing with that kind of stuff, it almost gets exciting mm. and almost a, a, a philosophical level because there's questions. Yeah. Any, any science that's on the cutting edge, like any, yeah. anywhere where we don't know the answers to questions, that's where real science fucking happens. So right. I, that is the, um, yeah. That's yeah. The fun stuff. Yeah. And he was, he, he was talking about some interesting things such as the fact that, uh, so apparently it takes 300 milliseconds to make a conscious decision Hmm. Uh, but reactions occur within a hundred milliseconds. Hmm. So before yeah, we before we consciously understand something, uh -oh. yeah. there is already a reaction going on. Yep. And so, so the question becomes: Is there? You know, it plays into: Is there free will? Because if there's free will, it's clearly not a conscious choice, which then would make it not free will. Well, that's the whole all. idea of practice and muscle memory, though. So, like, you know, if you are, let's say, a fighter, you train yourself to react to those things so that the conscious decisions don't yeah. have to happen. Well, but but they are precognitive decisions. But he was saying there's, there's actually no pathway that they have discovered that does this. So, mm. so with that, you could actually still, you could still see that there's something registering. Mm -hmm. You could actually follow the train. There's no... There's apparently nothing that they've discovered that follows that that hundred millisecond train. They just gotcha. know that it exists. Uh -huh. uh, and so, yeah, so it's like a big, big, huge question mark. Yeah. So uh, are all thoughts stored yeah. in the brain, or can is the, is muscle yeah. memory an actual and, thing? Yeah, and it was well, pre 
pretty okay. interesting. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I just I'm, I know I'm sorry, nerdy about this, but I'm curious about like baseball and hitters. And I'm thinking about Ted Williams because Ted Williams you know, had his body frozen because supposedly had like you know the best reactions. <laughs> he was the best hitter of all time. Yeah. And I was thinking supposedly people say that hitting a fastball or a curveball is the toughest thing a human can do, mm. uh, muscle wise, attention wise, whatever. So I don't know. Because I was each one is different, so you can't just muscle memory predict where it's going to be. Right. It's it's just all straight reaction. Yeah. Uh, and well, I know they said like I've heard um, baseballers talk about how they have to like actually look at the curveball and look at like the way that the stitching is moving and make a, an adjustment based on that. They and obviously I'm not one of these people because I'm not very good at baseball as basketball. But the point is, they can supposedly say that it's slow motion esque. So they you, just slow everything slows you're down. You're saying you can train that reaction time? Yeah, I think a lot of it also is a lot of straight reaction, meaning they look at the arm and the release mm. of the pitch. Right on. Usually, and it depends what the, what pitch it is, but I think they're looking at straight like patterns in the way that the arm is released in the pitcher, and they react to that, gotcha. uh, which is still amazingly crazy reaction memory from you know that many hours of hitting. But anyway, my point was that I wonder if our reaction times are that much different based like what's the standard deviation? You know, if it is 100 milliseconds right. or a tenth yeah, yeah. of a second, where's for, the bell curve the average, for human is, possibility? Is, is Ted Williams half is like 50 milliseconds? I yeah. don't know. What what is? I don't know. I'm, that's what I was fascinated by thinking about. Just are we all are we all straight? Like you know, 100 milliseconds. Yeah, everyone? I mean, I I would imagine it varies somewhat, but it's not going to vary hugely i don't but think. if i let's Bigly, say please let's say i Bigly. have let's say i have five Usually. shots i have five shots of tequila now what's <laughs> what's my time is my time the same no obviously no. not There's, yeah right well yeah. how far does it go <laughs> no before uh, death <laughs> yeah. like, wow well, reaction like physical reaction time i guess yeah is, but yeah. i mean but i mean that also so your your eyes and everything may still it that, that might still be the same but you're impaired so your physical, like your your mental cognition of that is impaired. So sure. that's what's slowing it down. Right. Your eyes are still going to take it the same. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think even... I guess, I, yes, I would say yes. I, I think the cognition is the only thing that changes even in those people yeah. who can maybe like watch a... I don't know. know. Alcohol who, who could trained. have vast effects. I don't know, actually. I'm not a scientist yeah. on alcohol. But yeah, yeah, I think the alcohol actually slows the synapses. Yeah. So oh, it like, does? Yeah. So maybe so your optic maybe, nerve okay, slows so maybe down. Yeah, so everything yeah. slowed down. Yeah, your yeah. chemistry is maybe. actually you know, changing. Just don't way. get drunk, dude. Just hmm. don't get drunk when you're playing baseball, clearly. Wait, no. How dare you? Don't get drunk playing when you're That's, playing baseball. Those are like nope. peanut butter and jelly. You can't... Not competitive baseball when you're fucking. Well, there's dudes who tripped balls and pitched uh, really good games. That's well, yeah, because it slows ones. it down. You know, it slows yeah. slows everything down. Time stands still, bro. Time stands still. Uh, supposedly, Wade Boggs was used to drink all the time, and, and I would imagine yeah, that's yeah. yeah. And the babe was always drunk, as far as yeah. the John Goodman movie told me. Imagine, imagine if they were sober, how they would have been even they better. Sucked. You know, think think about could've, all the think about sucked. all the best music. Then think sucked. about them when they stopped doing drugs. Could have sucked. Yep. Uh, th- they had some good questions to this thing. One thing, which uh, since we just had it, I may bring up a uh, that solar eclipse. He was asking. Ooh. Yeah, he was asking about <laughs> the fact that that? That, um, uh, that the sun, like the distance between the Earth and the Moon, mm-hmm. right? Is and the exact size, right distance. For it's the, the exact yeah. right distance that the light is such that you can look at it directly when the moon is in front of the sun. The interesting thing is that we just happen to be alive during that point, but that is something that is constantly in flux. And so, like, they were saying that this, uh, these next couple of um, 
uh, eclipses are going to be the last few of full totality for Earth in general because the distance between the sun and the, the moon and the earth is changing constantly. So after, you know, a little bit longer here, we're Wait, not Is that just because the universe is expanding, or is that because the force of gravity just is Everything us? is always moving. Everything, okay. yeah. I mean, the, the distances between everything is always spreading. But, yeah. but even though, like, okay. Well, it's because the earth is flat, right? Well, that doesn't it, help. <laughs> yeah. The elementary particle theory is a recent version of an old Greek idea. To understand the theory of elementary particles, imagine a large city made entirely of brick. The city is filled with buildings of all shapes and sizes. Every one of them, and the streets as well, have been constructed with only a few different types of bricks. If we substitute universe for city and particle for brick, you have a theory of elementary particles. So, Tetris. All right, cool. Um, City planning. Don't don't announce them. <laughs> it was a study of elementary. It was it was the study of elementary particles that brought physicists nose to nose with the most uh, devastating, sure. devastating to oh, to oh physics, yeah, that's the one discovery. Uh, Newtonian <laughs> sorry, Newtonian <laughs> physics does not work in the realm of the very small. Mm, right. There's an exclamation. Newtonian physics does not work in the realm of the very small. Right. Science <laughs> damn it. Time traveling particles and all that stuff. Being in two places at once. The impact of that earth-shaking discovery is still reshaping our worldview. Quantum mechanical experts repeatedly produce results which the physics of Newton could neither predict nor explain. Yet... Although Newton's physics could not account for the phenomenon in microscopic realm, it, con it continued to explain macroscopic phenomenon very well, even though macroscopic is made of microscopic, exclamation. This perhaps is the most profound discovery of science. Newton's laws are absurd based on observations of uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I disagree, by yeah, the way. No, Newton's laws Do you want are... To guess, wait, hold on. Before you continue, yeah. what is science's greatest uh, invention? The iPhone? Discovery. Whatever. Uh, let's do invention. <laughs> Fire? Uh, that feels like a discovery. Um, invention? Lighters? <laughs> the wheel. I mean... The wheel. Okay. Yeah. I think the wheel's, wheel's a good a argument. Good wheel is a good argument. What do you got? Uh... The, I mean, you could go. Yeah, you could yeah. <laughs> The wheelbarrow. The, the <laughs> nuclear bomb. The, That's the best. You said. You, you, I I you said the most important. Or most something? important. Or, mm. uh, whatever. You'd have to check the tape. Most influential the, might be. Most yeah, influential. Okay. Way. Check. Check the tape. No, I'm still uh, going. With you the Google wheel. it. <laughs> uh, I would say. Can I say a computer? Nope. Uh, or, uh, no, that's a cop out. Uh, like a silicone chip inside my head. Silicone set chip. to overload. Uh, <laughs> sunglasses. What about that? Mm. I mean, sliced know. bread. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's the one. It's a good one. Yeah. Newton's Nailed laws it. are based on observations of How everyday have toast. World. Otherwise, <laughs> they predict events. These events pertain to real things like baseballs and bicycles. Quantum mechanics is based upon experiments conducted in the subatomic realm. It predicts possibility, 
We I'm get sorry, it. You're small. Really tiny <laughs> things. Ant-Man bullshit. Yeah. Really small baseballs and bicycles. Oh, yeah, but what's the sub-subatomic? And what's the sub-sub-sub-sub-subatomic? These probabilities pertain to subatomic phenomenon. Subatomic phenomenon. Sub-sub-sub-sub-sub-sub-sub. It cannot be observed directly. None of our senses can detect them. That's the problem. As soon as you observe, there's the observer effect. Not only you're, has you're getting to that, right? Yep. Not okay. only has no one ever seen an atom, <laughs> much less an electron. What? No one has I'm ever tested, right now. <laughs> tasted, touched, heard, or smelled one either. Was this, was an electron smell like? That's what I wonder. Uh, probably Bernie. Bernie Sanders. Yeah, yeah, old Jew. <laughs> Newton's law depicts events which are simple to understand and easy to picture. Quantum mechanics depicts the probabilities of phenomenon which defy conceptualization and are impossible to visualize. Therefore, these phenomenon must be understood in a way that is not more difficult than our usual way of understanding, but different from it. Do not try to make complete mental pictures of quantum mechanical events. Physicists make partial pictures of quantum mechan- quantum phenomenon, but even these pictures phenomenon. have questionable value. Phenomenon. Instead, Mm-mm-mm. allow yourself to open without making an effort to visualize anything. Allow yourself to be open without making an effort to visualize anything. Werner Heisenberg. Werner Heisenberg. Whoa, that's like, oh man, if Werner Herzog played Heisenberg <laughs> in Breaking Bad, yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. I want to see a remake of Breaking Bad with Werner. Werner Heisenberg, one of the founders of quantum <laughs> physics, wrote the mathematical, the mathematical formulated law, mathematically formulated laws of quantum theory show clearly that our ordinary in. Uh, Intuitive concepts cannot be unambiguously applied to the smallest particles. All the words or concepts we use to describe ordinary physical objects, such as position, velocity, color, size, and so on, become indefinite and problematic if we try to use them of elemental particles. The idea that we do not understand something until we have a picture of it in our heads is a byproduct of the Newtonian way of looking at the world. If we want to get past Newton, we have to get past that. Eh. Let's move past I'm w- Newton. I'm wishy-washy on this Heisenberg guy. Okay. Yeah. I could go uh, either way. Basically, basically, his theory there is that, <laughs> hey, you can't visualize it, bro. Yeah. Basically. So don't try. Don't he's, try. He's just a fence sitter. Yeah. Okay. Sounds so, like uh, it. we'll go to the next chapter one. Patterns okay. of organic energy. There we go. Okay. So it's a uh, bunch oh, of I'm circles. Sorry. The next part one. And this is chapter one in the next part one. Okay. Um, let's see here. Living question mark. Question mark? Mm-hmm. Yes. Living? Oh. Good. Hang on. <laughs> Living? <laughs> Check. When we talk of <laughs> physics and patterns of organ of organic energy. The world that ca- the word that catches our attention is love. organic. <laughs> the word organic. Is love. The organic, organic means living. Most people think uh, that not fit- to me. It means like you, you goddamn know. hippie at the farmers That's market. It. Maybe not. That's what it means. It just means they fucking lie about it the means pesticides delicious. they put on your shit. Fucking more expensive. Fucking clean. Whatever. Most Better people banana. think that physics is about things that are not living, such as pendulums and billiard balls. <laughs> 
pendulums. This Billiard is a balls. common point of view. What are these examples? Even among Scientists physicists. are such losers. Yeah. That's, you know, angles and dangles and whatnot. Okay. But it is not as evident as any as many may as as it may seem. Let us explore this viewpoint with the aid of hypothetical person. A young man named Jim DeWitt, who is a perpetual champion of the non-obvious. Quote. What? It, it is not at all true, says Jim DeWitt, that physics is about non-living things. This is evident from our discussion of falling bodies. If, if some of them are humankind, they are accelerated at the same rate in a vacuum. So physics does apply to living things. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But they're just bodies. That's yeah. pretty they're stupid. Probably yeah. dead. That's pretty That's fucking pretty stupid. stupid. <laughs> but that is an unfair example. We say, of course, rocks have no choice in the matter of falling. If we drop them, they fall. If we don't drop them, they don't fall. Humans, on the other hand, exercise choice. Ancient. Uh, I'm I mean, sorry. if you drop a human, then it falls. Yeah. So Accidents where's that choice? Accidents excluded, humans ordinarily are not found in the act of falling. <laughs> Good job, Yuri. Yeah, Perfect timing. Yuri's like, I want to be fucking Newton. I'm Cat Newton. <laughs> Did it have a choice? I don't think so. Eyes Cat Newton. Uh, I'll work on it. Uh, Accidents yeah. excluded, humans are not Workshop. ordinarily uh, are not ordinarily found in that act of falling. Why? Because they know that falling might hurt them, they may have no desire to be hurt. The other, in other words, humans possess, I'm sorry, process information. They know that they may be hurt, and they respond. They respond to it by not falling. Rocks can do neither. This, okay. <laughs> this is Thanks. the way things appear, says Dewitt. This is the captain but, of the non-obvious. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is. And now we're going back to Dewitt. Uh, that we were just fighting DeWitt, the, the non-obvious guy. Gotcha. Uh, that is, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that is, uh, that is the way things appear, says DeWitt. But it may not be the way things actually are. For example, by watching time-lapse photography, we know that plants often respond to stimuli with human-like reactions. They retreat from pain, advance towards pleasure, and even languish in the absence of affection. The only difference is that they do not do it at a much slower rate than we do. So much slower, in fact, that it appears to the ordinary perception that they do not react at all. Quote, if this is so, then how can we, be, how can we say with certainty that rocks and even mountain ranges do not re react also to living, hmm. uh, as living organisms, but with a reaction time so slow that it that to catch it with time, with time lapse photography would require millennia between exposures. Of course, this is no way to prove this. There is no way to prove this, but there is no way of disproving it either. The distinction between living and non-living is not so easy to make. Okay, I just a just a momentary segue along mm -hmm. that. I've always I've always read to uh, about the fact that uh, that. That plants, like for instance, lettuce—you're eating leaf lettuce, for instance. Mm -hmm. When you tear it, like it releases some sort of signal, like as if the plant is being attacked. Mm -hmm. um, which, just based upon that, it's much more badass to be yeah. a vegetarian <laughs> because you're because okay. So if you're a is meat it? eater, you're still no, a listen, murderer. You're if you're a meat something. eater, 
right? Oh, you're, you're eating something dead. Yeah, someone else if killed it. If you're a vegetarian, you're fucking doing you're that shit eating yourself. something still trying to live. So trying to live? It's trying because you're going to eat it, so it's not going to live. I feel like those That's clever, boiled vegetables are dead. Mm. Well, I'm not boiling Steamed them. Vegetables. I'm having lettuce. You literally said it's when you salad. tear apart a piece Paraphrase of lettuce. lettuce. Yeah. yeah, it's a does salad. It, does it taste bad? Like when you like, like you don't want to f- like make the... Uh, Do the screams of lettuce taste bad? Oh, you mean like you don't want to scare a deer before exactly. you shoot it? Exactly. Yeah. Like, it like does the, the hormones... Re- yeah, so really. do you want to like sneak up that's on why lettuce? You want to put it, yeah, lettuce. yeah. So you want to dump it in water and drown it first. <laughs> totally. Then you'll get the, the screams. Yeah. Mm. Just like that, whiskey. You want to add water to it. That's yep. clever, we think. But from a practical <laughs> point of view, it cannot be observed that inner matter responds to... Stim- that inert matter responds to stimuli. There is, there, and there is no question that humans do. Wrong again, says DeWitt. Yeah, you never met Sean Fox. This is DeWitt guy, man. <laughs> I'll tell you like what. Uh, reading our thoughts, uh, any chemist can verify, quote, any chemist can verify that most chemicals, which, uh, parentheses, which usually come out of ground rocks, do react to stimulation. Under the right conditions, for example, sodium reacts to chlorine by forming sodium chloride, salt. Iron reacts to oxygen by forming iron oxide, rust, and so on. Just as humans react to food when they are hungry and to affection when they are lonely. Well, this is so, we admit, but it hardly seems fair to compare a chemical reaction to a human reaction. Yeah, it seems stupid. A chemical reaction is... A uh, chemical reaction either happens or it does not happen. There is n- nothing in between. When two such chemicals are combined properly, they react. If they are not s- properly combined, they do not react. Humans are much more complex. If we offer food to a hungry human, he might eat it or he might not, depending on his circumstances. And if he eats it, he might eat his fill or he might not. Consider the, oh, consider the person who is hungry and late for an appointment. If the appointment is important enough, he will go without eating, even though he is hungry. If a person knows that the food is poisonous, he will not eat it, even though he is hungry. It is a matter of processing information and responding appropriately that distinguishes a human reaction from a chemical reaction. Human. Chemicals have no options. They always must act one way to the other. Of course, beams Jim DeWitt. But how do we know that our responses are not as rigidly pre-programmed as those of chemical? With the only difference being that our programs are enormously more complex. We may not have any more freedom of action than stones do, although unlike stones, we deceive ourselves into thinking that we do. We have no way to dispute this argument. DeWitt has shown us that the arbitrary qualities of our prejudice. We would like to think that we are different from stones because we are living and they are not, but there is no way that we can prove our position or disprove it. We cannot understand clearly that we are different from inorganic substances. That means that uh, logically, we must admit that we we may not be alive. Since this is absurd, the only alternate alternative is to admit that inanimate quote uh, objects may be living. The distinction between organic and inorganic is a concept is a conceptual prejudice. It becomes even harder to maintain as we advance into quantum mechanics. 
Some, something is organic according to our definition if it can respond to processed information. The outstanding discovery awaiting newcomers to physics is that the evidence gathered in the development of quantum mechanics indicates the submechanic particles. Uh, I don't know. Fucking shit stuff, man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the food is here, so that means we're going to wrap up. Yay! Hold on. Hold on. Thanks, Sean. Wow. Thank you for listening to another episode of Literally Literary. It was fun. Kind of. Yeah. We're still recording, actually. Yeah, of so, course we're recording. Yeah. He doesn't press stop. No. He's getting yeah, the he's food. Gonna, yeah, he's got the food. It's okay. Oh, it's it got a, a little Dino's sign on it there. Dino's at the... No free advertising. No yeah. free advertising. No, no, it's not Dino's. It's Burino's. 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 Uh, Brought to you by Burino's in uh, Lansing, Michigan. That's right. Burino's. Burino's. Yeah. Yep, I lost my page, so we're not continuing. No. Fuck you all. Fallcast.com, J O E B O N I E R at the Twitters. Uh, Mr. Derek Laporte on the tweets, yep. I think. All and the tweets. Uh, check uh, all of our podcasts out. Check podcast, the pod- check. At, at Paula Tinkering for O'Brien. And um, uh, yeah, you can donate at Fallcast.com. Yeah. Pay for this lovely food. Also, subscribe. It'd be nice if you subscribe. You can give us a rating. Uh, yeah, give too, us the five please. stars. And, You're really uh, nice. We appreciate yeah, it. As many stars as you want, you know. But we Whatever. try to give our best, and we don't get any money, so please. 